Welcome to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God. Pastor Larry Sterling, we invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. When we hold to this as the message that God has for us, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. When you find it, stand with me for the reading of the word. There are two verses I really want you to see, number 12 and number 26, but we're going to go through it. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have been have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body. Is it therefore not any of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Mm. Let me say that again. Holy Spirit hit me there. Those members, verse 22, of the body, which seem, not really, but seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which thinking to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And an unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. But there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Verse 26 And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. We are united in the body of Christ. There is no big I's and little U's. There's just Jesus. You know, we look at this and what the image here, here is, is that some, not everybody can be, if you imagine a person, not everybody can be the face. But you try to live very long without your heart, even what you don't see, and see how long you last. Just because you can't be seen doesn't mean you're not critical to the functioning of the body. You, that's what Paul is saying. 
And if one suffers, we all suffer. But if one rejoices, we all rejoice. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you this day knowing that the power and the presence of God is on this room right now. We are not worthy of your great love. But you chose this body. You chose all of us to call unto your name. And so, Lord, we just ask you today to help us, to be with us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. But, Lord, more than anything else, that this body would be united before we ever leave this room in a way that we have never been before. That, God, that we are looking forward and anticipating the soon return of our Savior. And, Lord, we need to be one. And we need to be on fire for you. And we need to have our hearts set upon the one that loves us. So, Father, help us today. Bless us as we go forward into the kingdom of God this year. Bless this message and anoint us all to receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Choir is going to help me, so they're going to stay up here for a little while. But we are... I want, to, I want to ask you a question. My wife and I were having a discussion a couple of weeks ago, driving. We had a lot of time to talk, a lot of time to sleep, too. That was a long drive back to West Virginia. But we were talking about who is saved, who is saved, who, and the question we were talking about is this, for whom did Christ die? For whom did Christ die? And I want you to understand something very important before we ever go any further into this message. I'm going to do a little bit of an illustration here. Now, I'm going to say that the choir up here is the church, the body of Christ. Okay? So we would say, whom did Christ die? That would be easy. That He died for them. They're his bride. They're going up to glory. But what about all those out in the world? What about all those that that are uh, out amongst the world? Now, I want you to hear something very important. Jesus' death makes it possible for them to be part of them. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus' blood makes it available for any one of you to get up out of the pew and join the choir. Anybody, any person, it doesn't matter. He does not distinguish. He does not play favorites. He does not change it. He doesn't say, you're saved, you're not saved, you're saved, you're not saved. That's not the way we believe. That's not what I believe Scripture teaches. But I want to tell you something very important. These are the ones going to heaven. And if we're not part of them, we're not going. Because the Bible makes it clear that there is a hell, there is a place for those that that will not receive the Lord, that will not touch the Lord, that will not cry out to the Lord. Just because his blood was shed for you on Calvary does not guarantee that you have access to glory. You've got to 
grab a hold of it. You've got to receive it. You've got to accept it. You've got to live it. You've got to be part of it. You've got to, you've got to get up out of your seat and come and join the body. You can't just be just on your own and independent. And this is where I feel in the church world in America we deal with today is that people out there, they're, they're out there trying to say, well, I, I read my Bible. I do this. I do that. I want to tell you the body is of, of the bride of Christ, the church. That's who he's coming back for. He's not coming back for a conglomeration of individual people doing their own thing, living their own way. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for those that got up out of their pew and came and joined the body and came and joined the church. That's his bride. That's who he died for. That's who he's coming. The Bible says that his bride, the one that he loves, he, no one can take her out of his hand. No one can pluck her out of his hand. That's, that belongs to him. That's her. You can't touch it. Now, you, you can join and you can hold to him and you can touch him or you can get up out of the choir and come down and sit down there and be out of the body. But, it has, but these people are going. Oh, you got to get this. You, you have, the, you have a free will. You have the ability to get up here and come down here because of the blood of Jesus. You have the ability to come down to the altar because Jesus died for you and because he loves you and because he cares for you. You have the ability to come to here and you also have the ability to get up out of there and come down here. That's because of God's love and his free will towards you. But this is who he's coming back for. And you don't get the right to choose between this and that going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and feeling like it's okay and everything's going to be all right. No, when he steps out on that cloud, when he calls us to himself, this is the body, this is the bride that he's bringing up home to himself. Now, yeah, it sounds like you're with me, so that's good. So the question is, who did Jesus die for? He died for his bride. He died that she may be with him that we might be with him, the church, the called out ones. Uh, the Greek says the ecclesia, those that are called out of the world. That's who he's coming out. He's going to call us out. But we're all, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, we're all joined together. We're all joined together. So when we come into the church, we are connected to Jesus and to each other. If we neglect the church, if we neglect the body of Christ, how can we say that we are connected to Jesus? You with me? Because it's the bride that's come, he's coming for. He's not coming for just you living on your own, doing what you want to do, living your own way. He's coming for people that don't forsake the assembling of themselves together. He's coming to, for a people that want to join. Now, there are people that, for their health and other reasons, they can't be in church. They, 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 they want to be here. So we try, to, we try to visit them. We try to bless them. We try to help them. But the reality is, is that God wants you connected to the body. God wants you to live on your own way. God wants you to follow the, the plan of God that he has for you. He has created you with gifts and talents and blessings for the body of Christ in a way that is going to bless not only you but other people. 
people, and when God is used, using you, you, not only will you be fulfilled, you're blessing your neighbor, you're blessing your friends, you're blessing all those around you. When you're not being used by God, you're go- and, and on your own and away from the Lord, the problem is, is that you lose your connection to the flow of the anointing of God. I mean, I've had some good times in my private prayer closet. I've had some good times being alone with the Lord. I've had some good times worshiping with God all by myself. But I want to tell you, there's never been a moment that has ever come close to what I've experienced when I'm with the body of Christ in a church house with the presence of God all over the room and the glory of the Lord descends and we put away our own ideas and our own issues and we say, it's you, Jesus, that we want to worship. It's you, Jesus, that we want to live. It's you, Jesus that we need in our lives and we come together and worship him that's where the blessing comes in that's where the anointing comes in but our problem is is that when we become a collection of individuals that that we we are looking for our way our purpose our ideas we miss the point that we're actually all grouped together and we look and when one hurts we all are wounded in some way. And when one is in trouble, in some way we are all in trouble. And God has a plan and a purpose to reach as many people that would come unto the Lord. God wants you to receive a blessing. God wants you to receive your gifting. God wants you to receive your anointing. God wants you to receive everything that he created you for. But I want to tell you, you will find it in the body of Christ. You will find it Now, this means that the body of Christ should be the safest place on earth. And this is where we get the enemy comes in. Because he knows he can't do anything to Jesus. So what what does he do? He focuses on us. Because there are many people that are wounded in churches. They're wounded in places. And those wounds are so hard to get past. They're hard to get past because why? Because it happened not out in the world. You kind of expect to be treated bad in the world. You kind of expect to be treated bad on your job. You expect to be treated bad, but you don't expect to be hurt in your own house. You don't expect to be hurt in your own place uh, uh, where you lay your head. You don't expect to be hurt in these situations. And when it comes to the church, you don't expect to be hurt, but this is what the enemy tries to do. If he can sow discord with this person, if he can hurt that person, then then there's the division in the church, and then this happens and that happens, and the body becomes disunified. And what happens is that all of a sudden people start going this way and unifying around this person or that person, and they look at this and say, well, how dare they treat them like that? And they look at it from the other side, well, how dare they treat them like that? And they go back and forth and back and forth. And all it does is create Friction and confusion, and the enemy laughs. But I want to tell you this morning really quick, we are united with Christ. As a believers, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 1.13, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We, because we have, are participating, we are in the body of Christ, God has connected us. The Bible tells us in Romans 6, 3, Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. The Bible goes on and tells us in that uh, of 1 Corinthians 10, 16, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not communion of the body of Christ? For though we, though many we are one, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. And a little bit we're going to take of that one bread, the body of Jesus Christ. So we share all these things. We're, we share unity in Christ. We share God's work. We share the source of life. We share an inheritance together. We, we share blessings together. We share all these things. We share worship and we share hope. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 1, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I who, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, also are partaker of the glory of that which will be revealed. We all share in the blessings of God in the inheritance of God, and the glory of God, we all receive it as we connect to the body. As we connect to the body. The Bible tells us, however, and I want to focus here, we also share one another's sufferings. 2 Corinthians 1.4, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are, in, who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. 2 Corinthians 1.7, and our hope for you is steadfast because we know that as you are partakers of the suffering, so also you will partake of the consolation. Philippians 4.14, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. And all these things, we are sharing one another. When somebody needs us, when someone calls to us, when somebody calls about us, when someone listens to us, when someone has an issue in life, when we pray one for another, when we call out one for another, we share in the sufferings with one another because we are sharing the body of Christ. You know, I mentioned earlier, many of you understand this as we get mature, we recognize, you know, if you hurt your little toe, you may not even see your little toe very much, but you know it hurts. You know it. You feel it. You don't even walk the same way. You walk with a limp, and all you did was mash your little toe. You went, and that little toe creates balance. That little toe creates all kinds of issues. Well, my, I had a cousin that used to ride on my grandpa's lap when they would mow the grass. And my grandpa was playing and laughing with him, and I don't know if they hit a bump or what, but my little cousin ultimately fell off the, the riding lawnmower, and at the top of his little toe, or his big toe, got cut off. And, and uh, you know, my, obviously my grandpa feels terrible about it, and, they, you know, it was hard, but we thought, well, it's just a little bit of his toe. He still has the rest of it. You know? That's what you're thinking. Now he's a grown man in his early 20s, and he has severe back trouble. And the reason why is because the doctor said, you're missing that part of your toe that helps keep you balanced so that your back is aligned correctly. Just, we all are important to Jesus. You hearing me? 
It doesn't matter if you're the front part of your little toe. If you get cut off, something happens to us. We eventually, we may not notice it today, we may not notice it tomorrow, but down the road we're going to notice it. Somehow something's going to go wrong and we're going to have back trouble. We're going to have issues that we're dealing with and we recognize the fact is because somehow we cut you off. And now we're suffering because of that. Y'all with me this morning? I don't want you to leave this room because what we're going to be doing in this year is going to be building the foundation by which I believe God is going to start breaking forth into this community and growing. We've come through a process of healing, and now I'm looking forward with, with excited excitement and blessing of what was in front of us. But we've got to be unified. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and told me very clearly, we have to be unified in order to do what He's calling for us to do, in order to be what He's calling us to be. And so when, when we flow in, in this thing today, I want you to, where I had the choir prepare a song. And we're, this, the words of the song represent what we're going to be doing, what the message that I'm trying to say. And the message of this song reflects the scripture. As I said in verse 26, 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. The title of the song is, I need you to survive. Now the purpose of it is, is that everybody is loved by Jesus. Everybody is loved by the Lord. And we need each other in the body to flow together in unity. When the Spirit of the Lord comes in, you may not feel like you're valuable, but I'm telling you, Jesus looks down upon you and just rejoices and gives praise. And the Bible says there is much joy in the presence of the angels when one person comes to Christ. Let me tell you, the whole I, as I was sitting there or worshiping there, standing there with earlier, that, that the presence of the Lord was on me, and I was envisioning how this one man, Adam, began to multiply, and that all throughout everything I saw was, of, was, was millions of people there before the Lord worshiping God all together all together in the presence of God, all together, that's who he's after today. That's who he's after, brother. That's who he is after this morning. He's after you. And I want you, to, I want you just to worship with the choir this morning. I know this is a little bit different message, but the point of what we're doing here is that we need to be together. Now, in a few moments, I'm going to come back and give you instructions of what to do with your neighbor. But... I think it's self-evident. Today, I want us to pray for one another. There are people in this room suffering right now. There are people in this place right now that are suffering, that need Jesus, that need the presence of the Lord. There are people in this room that need healing. The Bible says that the faith, the, the, the fervent, effective prayer, this, this prayer in, uh, in James 5.16. Listen, mm, when I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit said, it's good for one person to pray over someone's healing. But when my bride prays, when they're unified and they come together and they begin to call down my anointing and my healing and my power and they ask for so-and-so to be healed and so-and-so to be delivered, I hear their prayer. That's the unity. 
that is talking there. That's the power of being together. Not that you're by yourself. It's good that you pray on your closet. It's good that you call out to the Lord. It's good that you're there. But when you come together and you begin to call out to the Lord, God moves in this. So they're going to sing. I want you to worship with them, and then we're going to pray one for another here in just a moment. And we're going to cry out to God, to God to heal us, to deliver us, and recognize that we all need to be with Jesus. Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast of East Point Church of God and Pastor Larry Sterling. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.